Well, hello there. Welcome to uh, the podcast for this Sunday, Championship Sunday. Oh, hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo, let's go, Buffalo. What a day. What a day for Western New York. Oh, man, am I excited for football later. Man, oh, man. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of football. I just want to say, I'm at my wit's end, man. I'm hanging on by a thread. This podcast almost didn't happen. Because I'm hanging on by a thread. Uh, we had just all kinds of issues at the plant. And basically, long story short, uh, I've been working... Well, let's just say I literally just left my plant. It's been a 12-hour day today. It's Saturday. And uh, this has been one of the top three easiest days of the last two weeks. Because I uh, finally had help back. I've been missing some employees for a little while now. By the way, I've got a great team, man. I really got a great team. I mean, the the, the guys that work for me, the guys and girls that work for me are just good people. I can tell. You know what I mean? I'm just really happy that I have good people. They're young, and with youth comes some immaturity, and it shines its ugly head every once in a while. But in general, they are great people. And I'm lucky, because today, man, I really got to see my team step up today, and it was great. You know, it felt really good. We've been way behind on production, because we've been missing some staff, and then today just, you know, people stepped up and got shit done, and I loved it. Loved what I saw. No, by the way, there will not be a Bernie meme coming from either the Guglielmo Sauce or the Craft Cannery social media pages. Uh, or, for that matter, the Paul Guglielmo social media pages. I don't. Here's the thing. I think the Bernie meme thing is funny. I just don't think we jumped on in time. You know, it came. What, what was it? it was Thursday morning? It kind of went on fire. By Thursday afternoon, it was peak. And by Thursday night, people were complaining they saw it too much. You know, now I'm. Now we're what three days in? I'm recording this on Saturday night, and it's just not a thing anymore. You can't do that. I mean, it's a thing. People are doing it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. Uh, at this point, it's too corny to jump the shark. So I'm not doing a Bernie meme. And, you know, my wife and I got in a little creative debate. And so I'm a former creative guy uh, in my, my previous life. I still get to be a bit creative in my current life. But really, my old life was all about creativity. My wife, by the way, PR, Dixon Schwabel, she's a big deal over there, does creative all day, every day. So we got a little creative argument over the Bernie thing. And I told her, I go, if you're not early on those things either early or right on time, it can actually be corny. You know, that's when it gets corny. When you're late, it's corny. And she's saying, no, no, you're not late. You know, you you do it. Everyone sort of has to check in and do it. It's more of a, you know, we're showing that we're in tune with the world and what's going on right now. And I'm telling her, I'm going, no, it's, you know, because we're having this debate last night. It's Friday night. So the Bernie meme then has been a thing for like two days. And we just hadn't done it yet. And I'm going, I don't want to do it. Now it feels late and late feels corny. You know, and this is, again, like I said, this is Friday, late afternoon, early evening. We're having this debate. And I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, you know, maybe I'm losing my creative touch. I don't know. Speaking of creative touch. I don't want to get any further into the podcast without sending my deepest thoughts and prayers to Brother Weeze. Poor Brother Weeze is dealing with COVID. Uh, the um, the other day, it's actually a little bit of a story to go with this. I'll share with you how I even found out. So the other day, I was um, 
emailed by my former employer, iHeartMedia. And the email said, hey, it's W-2 time. You worked for us for a portion of 2020, which is true. I worked January 1st through April 30th, 2020. I worked for iHeartMedia. Therefore, you have W-2s. So we have granted you temporary access to Workday. And Workday is kind of like the the platform for all things human resources for iHeartMedia. So it was the thing that you would go in to like request vacation days, to uh, check your pay stub, you know, all those. I think every company has one of those things. That was our thing. It was called Workday. And they said, we've granted you, you know, temporary access to Workday so that you can see your W-2s. And I said, okay, great. So I go on there and I took a picture of it. I, I almost tweeted it out and then I thought better, but... On there, it says, Paul Guglielmo, terminated. And I went, oh, hell no. I terminated you. You didn't terminate me. I terminated you. That was going to be my tweet. I had the tweet written, the picture taken. It it said, uh, I think the tweet, you know, it was a picture of it saying, Paul Guglielmo, terminated. And then it was me saying something like, um, uh, um, no, at iHeartMedia, I terminated you. (laughs) But I didn't. I, I thought, yeah, you know, I'll do it on my podcast that 400 people listen to. Instead of on Twitter, I've got like thousands of... I haven't actually checked how many Twitter followers I have in a long time. I know for a fact it's over like 2,000 though. But I should probably check that. There's a lot of people get really caught up in that. I always found it to be uh, a little too stress-inducing. And also, it never made a lot of sense to me because there are people with like tens of thousands of Twitter followers who I've literally never even heard of. Uh, and don't get me started on blue check marks. There's some blue check marks in Rochester. People, I mean, first of all, nobody in Rochester is a celebrity. There's almost legitimately nobody. If there's any celebrities in Rochester, you can maybe argue Don Elhart and Brother Weeze. And let's be honest, both of them are local celebrities. As soon as they get outside of a 100-mile radius, nobody's heard or heard of them. Nobody's recognizing them. Do we have celebrities from Rochester? Yes, of course, we have celebrities from Rochester. But literally still living in Rochester, there are people who have blue check marks on Twitter who are, nobody's trying to impersonate you. I thought the blue check mark was to verify that somebody was who they say they were. There is nobody trying to impersonate you. Why do you have a blue check mark? Anyway, sorry, that was a little tirade. Um, So what happened was I took a picture, and instead of tweeting it, I sent it to Deanna and Weeze and Dale. And I just group text, and I just said, hey, look, you know, (laughs) iHeartMedia, still still giving me the shit. Pretending they terminated me. That's not true. And almost immediately, Deanna texted me separately from the group text. Text me separately to say, hey, not a great time right now. Weeze is on his way to the ER. He has COVID. And immediately my heart sunk and I went, oh, shit. I went, oh, boy. And, um, you know, so then I texted him separately, and I was like, oh, but, you know, hey, brother, please fight. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you had COVID. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm thinking about you. Fight, fight, fight. And he wrote back. Actually, I think it was Doreen that wrote back and said, you know, thanks, Polly. He's a fighter. He will fight, you know, something like that. And, uh, I've been trying to keep updated. A lot of people keep texting me, asking me for updates. I'm like, I don't have the I, – I tried calling Deanna for updates, uh, and I got sent directly to voicemail. Deanna, thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, thoughts and prayers to Weez. 
it, you know, it, it, it's something that my wife and I were talking about this and I, I don't know how deep I want to get into this, but, um, I guess on the air, we's kind of asked Deanna, like something about, you know, Hey, I've done everything right. Right. And she was said, you know, I, we'll have a long talk after this. Uh, and, and I, obviously the last thing in the world I want to do is say anything negative. Uh, I love the man and I hope he's better. I hope he gets better. Um, you know, but, but I, I do think he was, he was living a lifestyle different than, uh, than he probably should have been during COVID. Not that you wish this on anybody, but, um, I, you know, God, I mean, he's just, he's in my thoughts, man. I'm thinking about him. You know, this is a dude who's fought cancer. This is a dude who's fought multiple rounds in Vietnam. Uh, he's fought ex-wives. He's fought lawsuits. I mean, this dude's fought a lot in his life. So if there's anybody that can beat it, it's Weeds. I mean, this is a stubborn bastard, you know? So I'm thinking about you, praying for you, love you. Hope you're better. Uh, thinking about you, Weeds. Thinking about you, my man. Um, to move on with the podcast a little bit, I do apologize once again for the um, kind of the old, the, the short podcast because just it's been crazy at work. I, oh, I want to ask your advice on something. Let me know what you think about this. So we have a TV in the conference room at work. It's the conference room, but it's a small plant, so it also serves as sort of like the foyer. It's So it's the conference room, but it's also literally the front door. Like you walk into this room where there's a conference table and a uh, and a TV. I call it the conference room, but truth is it's more like the front door of our place. Picture a uh, like a like a receptionist's office where you would check in, but we hold our meetings there. That's why I call it the conference room. But anyway, on the TV in there for the months and months since we've been in business, I have been playing the news. And I, it just occurred to me like in the last couple of weeks as politics have gotten so contentious, it just occurred to me, I was like, man, I don't know if it's a good idea to be playing the news. It's just so polarizing and negative and blah, 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 blah. So I finally went in there today and I, and I put on the Food Network. I was trying to figure out what channel to put on. If I was thinking about sports, I was like, well, sports are kind of mundane. Then I went, no, but not everyone likes sports. And I don't want this to feel like that kind of place. I don't want there to be like bro energy or like dude energy when you walk in here. I want it to feel creative. I want you to feel like you've walked into a creative food experience. And so I decided to just put on the Food Network. I don't know. Is that a good idea? Or is that kind of like, again, I'll say it. Is it hack to put on the Food Network in the lobby? That's the word I was looking for, the lobby. In the lobby of the craft uh, cannery? Let me know. Text me, 585-350-5788. But it has, man. It's been a few hard weeks. Oh, man. It reminds me of the old days. I mean, I used to work... I worked some, some tough jobs in my life. I have. I uh, Not too, too tough, but I mean, I worked in a factory when I was 18 years old, where my father worked, actually. I got a summer internship. They worked my ass off at that place, man. They had me climbing in tanks and cleaning shit out with fire hoses. And I mean, it was called the it was a uh, it was called the tickle plant. T I C L stood for titanium tetrachloride. That's what they made there. And uh, and it was um it was owned at the time by I want to say Millennium Millennium Chemicals or something like that. Anyway. Uh, Every day, I used to start work at 7 a.m., and every day, the first thing I had to do was climb up, like, five flights of stairs, 
and by hand, I had to clean out this conveyor belt that was delivering iron ore from, like, one silo to another silo. And uh, every day, or I mean, at the very beginning, I should say, they told me, they were like, you get, it's the first thing you do every day, and you got to be done by 8 a.m. And, and I don't remember them overly stressing the 8 a.m. thing. I just remember them, I, I thought they meant like, hey, don't, don't lollygag up there, because basically I was the only one up there. They, they, you know, it was like, hey, don't lollygag up there. Get up and get out of there. Be out of there by 8. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, they, well, they just want me, they, they just want me to hurry up. So anyway, I go up there every single day. And I would, and I was done by eight. But this one day, I just remember kind of, you know, looking at my clock or whatever the hell, or the, my watch. I didn't have a cell phone at the time, and seeing it was like seven fifty-seven, I'd be like, ah, shit, I'm gonna get in trouble. I better get out of here. So like, I leave, and I come down the stairs, and there's like the foreman, and he's just fucking screaming at me, and he's going, Kilgallo, get your ass down here, get down here. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, not even eight o'clock yet. What the hell? And I get down there, and it turns out. That at eight o'clock those silos turn on and I would have been caught in a shitstorm up there I mean who knows what would have happened but like we're talking giant silos with iron ore and they were going to turn on in like any minute and so eight o'clock was not a suggestion it was a firm get your ass out of there by eight o'clock and so i got a little lucky there but anyway just remembering the old physical days i remember i used to be fucking exhausted when i would do that job just exhausted after and i honestly it was an eight and a half hour day it wasn't even a bad day it was eight and a half hours you know you had a 30 minute lunch other than that it was eight hour day i used to take 20 minute long dumps literally just so that i could have a break <laughs> And uh, today, these last couple weeks have actually reminded me of that summer, the grind of that summer, of working in that factory, because it's just been like, you know, you're you're all suited up, you're wearing all this, this uh, you're wearing this fucking outfit, you know, because we got to wear, like, basically lab coats and hairnets and masks and gloves, and you're just fucking in it, man. You're just in it, in it, in it for hours at a time, and then occasionally you finally get out, and then you're, you know, and then you take it all off, and you're just sweating, and you're tired, and you're just sitting there exhausted, and, like, I just remember today at one point, like, I take all my shit off, and I'm sitting in the the lobby, the conference room, the break room, whatever you want to call it, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going, God, I'm fucking exhausted, but anyway, um, I have a TV show to recommend, I, uh, got to watch because I had some employees out, and basically I spent some time alone at my plant, for a couple of days I was basically alone, and I turned on the TV, uh, and I started watching a show, and it helped time go by faster. It was actually it was kind of a clutch move. I don't know why I didn't think of it before. I basically put on the TV and I watched an entire series in one day. Um, it's eight episodes it's on HBO Max. It's called The Flight Attendant. It's got Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory, and it's like a murder mystery thriller, and it's really good. Like really, really good. I love murder mysteries. First of all, the Who Done It, I love. Now I will say this. And of course, of course, of course, you're going to say I'm making it up, but I'm telling you right here, right now, I did predict 
in like episode six of eight how it was going to end. I predicted it. And, uh, I know, yes, I did. I didn't write it down. I didn't take a picture. I didn't record myself. You're just going to have to believe me. But I was able to call it, you know, who was going to be the bad guy, who turned out to be the bad guy. And I was, I was right on. But I love whodunits. I love it. Anyway, it's a really good show. It's eight episodes. It's, uh, it's got Rosie Perez, member from White Man Can't Jump. Uh, as I, as I mentioned, Kaylee Cuoco. Basically, the premise is, uh, she's a flight attendant. And, and I think it's based on a book, too, by the way. But she's a flight attendant, and in episode one, she uh, she has a passenger in first class where she's the flight attendant, and, uh, you know, they flirt, and they basically fall in love over the course of one day. You know, she's on he's on her flight overseas. I think it's from, like, New York City to Bangkok or something. I don't know. And um, they fall in love, and then that night they end up going out, and... Uh, you know, and, and basically they go out for dinner and drinks and it just, you, you end up seeing clips through the whole eight episodes about how much of that night they just fell in love. They were just, is perfect. They're just perfect for each other. But anyway, the catch of the, of the show, and I'm really, I'm only, I'm giving away everything that's in the trailer. This is not a spoiler. This is in, all in the first episode. And quite frankly, this is the first 10 minutes of the first episode is they meet in first class. They flirt. They go out that night in Bangkok, they fall in love, they wake up the next day in the hotel room, and he is dead. And he's been murdered. His throat has been slit. And she's laying next to a dead man in bed. And did she do it? Did somebody else do it? I don't know. You gotta watch the show. But it's a pretty good show. Pretty good. Alright, last thing before we go any further, or before I guess before I wrap this up is we got to talk a little football. I would like to first talk about the Browns, and I'll talk about the Bills a little bit, but just to talk about the Browns first. uh, Look, they're not as good as the Chiefs. They did not deserve to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are clearly the better team. The only reason the Browns were in that game at the end is because Patrick Mahomes got injured and went out of the game. It gave them a chance. Now, it was karma. I will say it was karma. Now, I never like to look at injuries as karma, but it was because the Chiefs did get away with one in the first half. The Browns had a it wasn't a touchdown. Uh, Rashard Higgins, who, by the way, was in my starting lineup on uh, DraftKings, uh, almost had a touchdown, and at the one-inch line, he fumbles the ball. And he fumbles the ball because he gets hit. And he gets hit in a clear helmet-to-helmet hit, which is a big point of emphasis for the NFL. So the fact that it didn't get called was complete and utter bullshit. So the, the Browns got completely screwed in that moment because they had two things go against them. First of all, completely blown call, <coughs> excuse me, on the um, completely blown call on the helmet to helmet. But then second of all, the fumble into the end zone ended up as a touchback, which means the ball goes to the other team and they get it all the way out at the 20 or is it 25 yard line now? So you go from the one inch to the 20. They gain 25 yards off of a one-inch fumble. Plus, the fumble shouldn't have counted anyway. It should have been a helmet-to-helmet personal foul, spot the ball at the one-inch line is what really should have happened. Now, I felt a little bit of vindication because basically the entire world, because it's playoffs, so everyone's watching the game, the whole world was on our side. I mean, the whole world's looking at that play going, this is bullshit. And even the announcers in the moment are saying, wow, the Browns really got the raw deal here. Then they go to halftime right after that. And the studio commentators are all saying, hey, NFL, you really screwed this one up. And so I felt a little vindicated. 
Um, and then when Patrick Mahomes got hurt, I said, well, there's no excuses now because that's karma coming back to kind of help us at that point. But the Browns didn't win, and quite frankly, the Browns aren't ready to win that game. We're not ready to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll tell you this, though. I do think the Browns are coming up, and I do think the Browns right now are like the Bills last year. I think the Browns are next year going to be legit threats, legit contenders. I mean, this year we felt lucky just to be in the playoffs, just to win a playoff game. We beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. That was our Super Bowl. Now this year we want more. You know what I mean? All right, I, you know, 2021, this coming season, we want more. Now it's no longer about let's just get to the playoffs. It's no longer about let's win a playoff game. Now it's about, you know, let's get greedy. Let's let's look at ourselves as a Super Bowl contender. And I think you can probably make that argument. But the way that the Browns played this year, then you look at the rest of the AFC. Obviously, Kansas City is going to be very good for a long time. I think Buffalo is going to be very good for a long time. And uh, and then you've got Cleveland and, of course, Baltimore. I mean, there's other teams. not going to be easy. But nonetheless, and I was looking at Cleveland's schedule for next year, the only problem with being a good team is that they, uh, they are definitely going to have a lot of primetime games because they play, obviously, Baltimore twice, Pittsburgh twice. you got to figure probably both the Baltimore games will be primetime games. You got to figure one of the Pittsburgh games will be a primetime game. And then the Browns also play Kansas City next year, and you know that'll be a primetime game. So I'm going to guess they get four primetime games. I'm going to guess that's what they get is the Kansas City game. I'm assuming that'll be a Sunday nighter. I'm thinking the uh, Browns and Steelers will be a Monday nighter. Browns Ravens, I'm thinking one of those is a Thursday nighter, and one of those, because everyone gets a Thursday nighter, right? One of those will be a Thursday nighter, and one of those will be a. Uh, one of those will be a, a Sunday nighter, probably. Cleveland, Baltimore, yeah, I could see that happening. Sunday night's like the most coveted one. Although I hate night games. Although, and I will tell you, here's the other thing. One last thing before we get to the Bills about the Browns schedule is that the Browns, don't forget, came in third place this year in the AFC North, which means next year, they get to play the third place schedule, which doesn't mean a lot. I mean, it, it's basically it only affects two games. 14 of their 16 games will be identical to the schedule the Ravens have to play. But the Ravens and the Steelers have to play first and second place schedules. The Browns get to play the third place team from the other AFC divisions they're not matched up with. So the Browns are matched up with the AFC West next year. But for the AFC South and the AFC East, they'll play the Houston Texans. Or no, will it be the Texans? I think it is the Texans. Yeah, the Texans, and they'll play the Patriots instead of playing, you know, the Dolphins or the Bills from the East and instead of playing the Titans or the Colts from the South. I mean, that's a big deal right there. Those are a couple of games you get a little easier on your schedule just because you technically came in third place. Isn't that crazy to think about the Browns came in third place the way that season ended? Third place. Crazy. So that leaves us, as I'm pulling into my neighborhood with the Buffalo Bills, who play today. Now, here's what I honestly think. Do I think the Buffalo Bills are clearly better than the Kansas City Chiefs? No. Do I think the Kansas City Chiefs are clearly better than the Buffalo Bills? Also no. I think the Chiefs are a little bit better than the Bills. And I think if the Chiefs play their best possible football and the Bills play their best possible football, the Chiefs will probably win. And if the Chiefs play their best football and Buffalo doesn't play their best football, then the Chiefs will win. If the Chiefs play a little bit better than the Bills, they'll win. But if, just if, 
if the Bills can go in there and either catch the Chiefs off guard or catch them not playing their best football, or quite frankly, if Sean McDermott can just have a better game plan than Andy Reid, then yeah, I could see I, Buffalo can win this game. There's no part of me saying they can't win this game. I think the Chiefs might be the better team, but I think this is Buffalo's chance to show them they've got a rival. They don't own the AFC. they got to get through Buffalo. By the way, one last note on the Browns. Andy Reid, that fourth and inches call that he did. Uh, here's why it was fucking genius. Because not only was it ballsy to go for the fourth and inches, but in the moments before they snapped that football and everyone thought they were just trying to get the Browns to jump, all of the Chiefs players, if you watch that again... All of them are acting completely nonchalant. They are telegraphing, overly telegraphing, the fact that they are not going to snap the ball. And it's so much so that now, looking back, it's obvious, completely obvious, that they're going to snap the ball because of how much the players are telegraphing the fact that they're not going to snap the ball. But just that little nuance, the fact that in just... The, the moments that they had to put that play in, Andy Reid was able to, you know, communicate that to his team to tell them that they needed to act like they weren't going to snap the ball. I mean, honestly, in retrospect, obvious, but in the moment, pure genius. And by the way, I thought they weren't going to snap it. So did Tony Romo. The announcers also said, look at the Chiefs players. They're not snapping this. So that was genius. That was really some genius shit. So anyway, Bill's game today, I'm excited. Uh, I do have to work today, but I will be home by 3 o'clock for kickoff of the... uh, I didn't even talk about the other game. Buccaneers-Packers. Now this is... I'll leave it with this. This is really the chance for the Bills to do it all, right? Because the Bills have already... Now they've won their first playoff game, right? Now they're in the AFC Championship for the first time since forever. Now, if they can beat Kansas City, oh my God, right? But what if Tampa beats Green Bay? What if the Bills get a chance to go to the Super Bowl and play against Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski? I mean, here's the thing. There was a slight bummer in the fact that Tom Brady left New England just because the Bills, they never really got the chance, never really got the chance to overcome the Patriots. I mean, they did this year, but it wasn't the same because they didn't have Brady anymore and Gronk. and You know what I mean? They didn't really get to overcome the Patriots. But they did. I mean, they got to beat the shit out of them twice and finish ahead of them in the standing, so they kind of did. But there's one piece missing, and that is getting even with Tom Brady. And they actually might have the chance to do that. How huge could that be? I'm rooting for Tampa. You want to know why? Because I'm also rooting for the Bills, and I want to see the Bills have the chance to bury all their demons this year. Bury the we-don't-win-playoff-game demons. Bury the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC demons. And finally, they buried the Patriots, and ultimately, the cherry on top would be burying the Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski demon in Tampa at the Super Bowl. And by the way, what would actually be a home game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Never been done before, by the way, a home game Super Bowl. All right, thank you for listening to the podcast. Love you.